Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And I'm delighted to Zayla zooming onto the show. I'm joined by Jeff Downs. Hello, Jeff. How are you? I'm, I'm good. very well, sir. Thanks for coming on. How are you? Yeah, keeping keeping going. You know, despite all the uh, the stuff we've had over the last couple of years, but it's been. Uh, uh, hopefully we're, we're back on track again now. Back out there again in the big wide world. It's great to have you zooming on. Uh, thanks for joining us. I know lots is, is happening, loads to juggle, as always, in the world of Yes and Asia. I uh, appreciate your time. Uh, I've spoken to lots of people from a lot of bands, um, but never really about what it's like to be in more than one band at a time. What's it like to spread your talents and time across two massive bands? Uh, it's, it's fortunate that... that um We've got good management who actually manages both bands, so uh, it's been a lot easier that way because we've been able to, uh, you know, work out the uh, way, way in advance of when one man's going to be going out or when's, when the other one's going out. But there's not been, you know, a lot of activity with Asia for probably, you know, the last five or six years, so uh, we've only done one tour, I think. So um, it's been... Uh, it's not been as difficult as it was, I think, when we had the reunion Asia albums, and, uh, and at that time Steve was in Yes as well. So he's probably he's probably a better person to uh, to ask rather than me, to be honest, because he he had a bit more experience <laughs> of it. You're able to juggle both at the same time for now. <laughs> <laughs> with your uh, your you're coming up with new stuff, uh, is there ever a moment um, when you think, um, okay, I'll keep that in mind for for the other band? Uh, rarely, I think that uh, you, you generally cut your coat according to your cloth. You know, Asia is a very different band from Yes, because Yes is much more, uh, I think, you know, you different musicians in it. So you have to kind of uh, design the music to some degree to accommodate the people who are going to be playing it. So I think that that's an important aspect of it. But yeah, I mean, there are ideas that do cross, you know, Across uh, the, the the boundaries, but it's not not very common to be honest. I think you tend to, you know, when you're working on a piece, and you tend to divert all your efforts into that, and then uh, you know, if I'm doing some stuff with Asia, I channel all my efforts into that. So you don't have that situation where you go, the guys at Yes didn't like this. I reckon you like this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm keeping the I'm keeping the best one for uh, yeah for the for the for Asia or the best one for Yes. No, it was never like that. <laughs> lovely uh, before we run out of time let's talk about yes um, prog rock pioneers of course we've had the likes of uh, Marillion and Jeffro Toll on the show before um, in a roundabout way they referred to yes as the gold standard of prog rock uh, you joined the band in the early 80s what was it like for you uh, to come in on that and carry that kind of mantle forward well it was a fantastic experience really because I, I was a, I'd been a big fan and when I was at music college uh, close to the edge, which is the album that we're playing, is one of the, you know, probably one of the greatest progressive rock albums of all time. So, to be able to, uh, you know, visit that and, and go out and play it in its entirety is something very special for me. And uh, uh, I, I, I regard it as a privilege. You know, playing with a band like Yes as a keyboard player is, is probably one of the best bands you could ever be with. So, yeah. So as with every prog rock band, um, the live shows are, are literally something else. It seems to always find a whole new level when you perform live. You're out on tour with Yes very soon. Yeah, it's, uh, uh, as I said, we did the whole of the Close to the Edge album. Uh, 
We've not been out on the road for nearly three years, so uh, we're going to dust off the cobwebs and get out there and uh, and have some fun again. You know, it was that's the whole thing about touring is that you know you've got to enjoy it, and we, we, you know we'll be out there having fun. I think. Absolutely. What have you missed most about the the tour lifestyle? Uh, I think the other guys, because the band's half half American and half uh, British, and of course with the the whole of the pandemic thing, we only ever got to work together on files, you know, downloading stuff and that kind of thing. So it's going to be, uh, to reunite with the guys again is going to be, after three years, almost three years, it's going to be fantastic. Hanging out with your mates again after so long. Yeah. Awesome. So the 50th anniversary of the iconic album, Close to the Edge, is what you're, you're, you're playing tracks from the album as well as your, your big hits as well? Well, we, yeah, we're playing... Uh, we put an album out last year, The Quest. We're going to be doing a few tracks from that. Uh, we're going to do the whole of the Close to the Eight album uh, in its entirety from beginning to end. And, uh, and a lot of other little bits and pieces, some some tracks that have never been played or not been played for a long time by yes. So it's going to be a, a, a nice mixture of music, I think. Excellent stuff from across all the ages. <laughs> uh, so listeners in the UK can see you all over. Uh, the major cities, your um, local listeners, of course, London's Royal Albert Hall on the 21st of June. Something pretty special. Yeah, I think this is special. It's a special venue. It's the you know, the ultimate iconic venue, certainly for a band like Yes, that were, who has a, an audience that's, uh, you know, they're not they're not in a mosh pit in the middle of the, <laughs> the, middle of the crowd. You know, they're, they're, uh, they're sitting down uh, and studiously listening to the music which is uh, I think that you know it's a great environment for, for a band like us to be playing and, and uh, we've done it before a few times but uh, we really always look forward to going there such a, uh, a big buzz to be on that on that stage at the Royal Albert Hall that's been you know been, been occupied by so many brilliant artists over the years a special night um, so speaking of, of special Live performances, very quickly, no, we haven't got long. Uh, let's talk about Asia, one of the biggest supergroups of all time. There's a pretty special recording coming soon uh, from a pretty special night of three nights in, in the history of Asia. Yeah, it was uh, the first time I went to Japan in uh, 1983, and we did the satellite broadcast to MTV, uh, beamed off three different satellites. That uh, <laughs> was wow. all very, very edgy, the first um, full international broadcast from Japan to America so uh, uh, it was pretty special and uh, not just that I mean it was great for me going to Japan and seeing how receptive the fans were because until you go there you don't realize you know it's a very different culture but but uh, seeing how how great uh, Asia was appreciated there was uh, was a fantastic experience I guess back then you wouldn't know whether your fans, uh, what sort of reception you were going to get going to a place like that. No, well, we've, we've been told that the, the, the uh, Japanese fans were very staid and they sat down and didn't make any noise and then they just applauded and, and sat down again and they uh, <laughs> didn't stand up or anything like that. But it was, it was almost like a carnival atmosphere, certainly with a big uh, building where they, I think it was used originally, the, the, the uh, Budokan was used for... Uh, uh, Japanese wrestling, you know, what they call it, the... Uh, oh, right, yeah, yeah. The, guys, you know, the basho, what they call it, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, sumo wrestling. So, um, as, uh, you know, all of these different uh, 
uh, the, the culture was just so different. It was quite uh, quite eye-opening. So it was a pretty special night. Obviously, the uh, the sudden departure of John Wetton um, led to Greg Lake, Remerson Lake yeah. and Palmer fame, stepping in. Yeah. Greg did a fantastic job stepping in at the, uh, quite late in the... In the uh, uh, the proceedings. Of course, the the, al- the album was never released as an album, uh, and uh, it was just on a VHS, uh, so it was a MTV special. So uh, now we've had the opportunity to remix it and look at the master recordings and everything like that. Uh, BMG uh, put this into this fantastic package with vinyl and memorabilia and. Uh, liner notes and all sorts of stuff that's in this big box set which is uh, uh, one special Roger Dean cover and everything so it's it's a pretty uh, spectacular package I've got to say Amazing, I guess uh, the, the old VHS tapes and stuff it's nice to see it and hear it without all the graininess and the wobbly audio That's right and the, and the, and the poor quality yeah because it was uh, uh, the, the stuff was shot on uh, you know on, on, with video cameras so it had a certain look about it but it was not something that translated very well onto uh onto vhs can you see high def now <laughs> <laughs> amazing um so being in a, in a super group like asia what is it like to be in the same room together uh, with other people making music i imagine even though you're all big stars in your own right you kind of have to throw the egos out of the room well i think the thing is that uh we never really considered ourselves uh in that light i think it was a tag that was put on us uh, when the, you know, like a record company label that uh, you know, they, they were selling us, it was a, we were the first band on Geffen Records in America, uh, and of course we we all had uh, certainly the other three guys had enormous progressive rock backgrounds, pedigree with Kid Crimson, Yes, and Emerson Lake and Palmer, so uh, it, it was it was labelled as a super group, but we we only really considered ourselves to be you know uh, a band that got together. I don't think that. Uh, uh, we were the kind of band that would have been going up and down the M1 at the back of a Ford Transit van. You know, we were. Uh, <laughs> it was. Yeah, you know, we'd all had a significant amount of success before. Certainly, the other three guys, as I said, I mean, I, my 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 background went back to the Buggles and uh, the short period of time I was in. Yes, so. Uh, but that was. Uh, it was a great, you know, a great band to be in, and, uh, and we had a, a great camaraderie. So I in both. Yes, and Asia. Um, the non-mainstream stuff is obviously where the majority of the love comes from the fans and the fun when you see it live. But the big radio hits like Owner of a Lonely Heart and Heat of the Moment um, are the ones you hear most often on the radio. What kind of uh, memories and what does it bring back to you hearing those on the radio? Uh, well, I was going to chill when I, certainly when I hear Heat of the Moment because I, I wrote that with John Wetton, uh, late John Wetton. So... Uh, when you know, Radio 2 particularly play stuff, uh, I always get a big buzz when I hear Video Kill the Radio Star on the radio because it's uh, uh, you know it's part of my uh, part of my heritage and uh, uh, and I remember the first time I heard that on the radio on Capital Radio back in 1979 and uh, and I just remember the thrill of hearing your work uh, <laughs> you know when you think you know is that it and then you think oh God yeah you know it's on the radio now. So it's, uh, it's nice to you know it's a privilege to be associated with some uh, some some classic hits that's for sure. It's nice to hear you still get that kind of buzz because we do it for the local artists and stuff. But it's yeah. it's always beautiful to see 
the reaction when, a, when an artist hears their yeah. own song on the radio. And it sounds different on the radio. You know, you you, uh, you, you appreciate that it's a different medium and uh, you know, the compressions are different. And, you know, but it, it still pumps out there, you know. It's good. You can officially say the video has not killed the radio star. <laughs> still out. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, thanks so much for taking the time to chat to us. Yeah, uh, thank you. Very nice good, to chat to you. You too, mate. Good luck with the Asia tour, uh, the release thank of the, the DVD and the Yes tour, and uh, see you there for a beer. Yeah, absolutely. That sounds good to me. Thanks for listening. And if you enjoyed the interview, then please share it. Uh, if you didn't enjoy it, then share it anyway. <laughs> For more guest interviews like this or to get the next one delivered directly to your device, subscribe to the Now You're Talking podcast. You'll find it wherever you get your podcasts from. And the whole thing has become a huge library featuring well over 150 guest interviews from music, film, comedy icons to community heroes local legends stars of the future and just about everybody in between a treasure trove of life's stories from all sorts of incredible people so for more interviews podcasts videos poems and books everything i do is available at stuartpink.com i guess back then you didn't necessarily know that all the internet or people checking up with uh, oh. I'll say That's that again. My, uh, <laughs> Sky, Sky News notification on my phone. Sorry about that. That's <laughs> all right. The Queen, the Queen uh, has arrived at the Chelsea Flower Show. That's, uh, oh, there we go. Breaking stuff. news. <laughs> <laughs> Interrupted by HRH. I mean, fair enough. That's, she's, she's allowed. <laughs> yeah. so I guess... I've got another one now. Oh, that, that's, that's the... Oh, uh, hold on a minute. Yeah, it's the same message. They must like me, Sky News. <laughs> they do. They said, did you? I'll turn my phone on to silent. That'll probably help. Yeah. <laughs>